0: basically i you know my main interest in school and ever since has been cultural anthropology and uh, sociology and those uh related social fields and and so my take on art is is more culturally oriented and i look at art as sort of a as a uh as a way of judging a culture and understanding not really what it looked like or anything but what the people were thinking and what the people were feeling and what was going on at a particular time Uh, and uh, the comic book comic books and comic art is um, is a really strong and uh, a very very close to the pulse of the culture kind of art Uh, and it's really a cultural signpost of the times of in which it was drawn uh, which is to me the most important aspect of art and I think it has a much more It's a lot more important than say, uh, you know, New Hampshire landscapes or or anything like that I mean it really tells you what's going on in a country or what the people are feeling uh, uh, And at a particular moment in history and in uh, that way, I don't think it'll ever die out I don't think it'll you know, I think what is drawn today will become very important. It's the, uh, the hieroglyphs of the or the graffiti of our times.
1: We cannot choose where our calling takes us. Only whether or not to answer.
2: 57 blast points is Jason. And Escape. We're talking about Visions Volume 2. It came out last week on May the 4th. May the 4th saw the release of this and the really wonderful Young Jedi Adventures which I really wish I or this show was around like when my kid was little because Young Jedi, I know we're going to be talking about visions in this episode, but also we should give a shout out to Young Jedi Adventures because it's it's really charming and it's a really, really neat Star Wars kids
1: TV show. Yeah, if you have little kids and you like Star Wars, it's heaven because it's perfect. Perfect for little kids and their parents who have little kids. And yeah, I'm jealous of all the new parents with little kids who have Young Jedi Adventures to watch at four o'clock in the morning when they're doing kid stuff.
2: We can try we we can try and make our teenagers watch Young Jedi Adventures and
1: see how that goes. That's true, baby. Oh, you want to go out? All right, you got to watch one episode of Young Jedi Adventures with dad first.
2: <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it'll go great. Yeah. But yeah, we are talking about Visions Volume 2. We both finished watching all of them. We watched all the making of extras on Disney+. Plus. I, don't, I love it. I really love it. Just overall, I am a big fan of Visions Volume 2. I love that Visions Volume 2 is so different than v- Visions Volume 1. And it's like the more I've thought about Visions Volume 2 after watching it, it's like the more I appreciate it because it it's pushing the boundaries. It's like we always talk about how is start, it was one of our things when – with the Disney sale, like in some of our earliest Blast Points episodes, we were like, okay, we had Force Awakens and Rogue One. Well, how is Star Wars going to continue to push things forward, either with technology or what's possible? And they have. But what I love about Visions is it keeps that philosophy going, where it's it's pushing what's possible in animation, especially by working with some of these smaller studios from across the world getting them to a global audience, and it's pushing what is possible with Star Wars storytelling. Like, what is Star Wars? What can you do with Star Wars? Visions is like the place where those questions can be asked, and I love it for that.
1: Yeah, and it's really interesting that, you know, even after the Disney sale, that Lucasfilm is able to keep doing stuff like this, which is really the most Lucasfilm-y stuff that they're doing was just with Lucasfilm's history with animation and George Lucas's history with animation and like the fact that there's this whole thing where they're going out of their way to just find all these different studios to do animation and, and different types of animation, different styles of animation and kind of mixing traditional animation with computer animation. And yeah, again, it's like the most Lucasfilm thing they could do is continue that tradition of animation. Which is <laughs> which goes back to, you know, George Lucas being inspired by John Cordy and John Cordy's, um oh, what was it called? Yeah, oh yeah, Toys Upon a Time, yeah. Yeah, and just that Lucasfilm animation connection that goes, you know, back to the beginnings.
2: Well, and there was all the stuff with Lucas, you know, when he was like studying anthropology in college and he was just like, Oh, I wanna get into film. I wanna get into animation it's like especially watching the extras on disney plus which if you haven't already if you've watched visions obviously probably if you're listening to this you've you've watched visions volume 2 already but really take the time to watch the extras on disney plus for the making of with the spotlight on each studio because there's one of them for in the stars by punk robot where they talk the creators of that short the people at punk robot talk about how much the stop motion of the original trilogy was a huge influence on them. And then you think about the Star Wars films themselves, while they're not animated films, push the boundaries of animation, of stop motion animation. Like no one had ever seen anything like the ad ats And even just watching Return of the Jedi again over the weekend, like last, last weekend when we we're recording this, when the ad is on Endor, every single time I'm just like, oh man, that's such a good looking ad, ad- or even the ATSTs like walking around on Endor, like the the Phil Tippett moment of the ATST tripping on the logs. It looks like Ed 209 or something. And I'm like, that is so freaking cool looking. And it's animation is what you're watching.
1: Well, and don't forget the prequels by Revenge of the Sith are animated movies with people composited in them. Like <laughs> right. right? right. I mean, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith are basically animated movies that have real people. And that's, again, with Visions, it's so wonderful that they're combining traditional 2D animation, traditional stop motion animation, and digital 2D animation and digital 3D animation, and some of the shorts kind of blurring the lines where you can't tell which is which or what is what. And that's like the most Star Wars thing you could do, because that's, yeah, the whole thing with the films was like, we're going to take all these techniques, anything that's going to do what we want to do and we're going to put them all together. and, And that's part of the charm of star Wars that it is. It's something hand, a hand drawn laser effect next to a stop motion animation that looks like a hologram, you know, in a set with real people and in front of blue screen. And that's, you know, motion controlled photography. Like it's, it's, it's a mixed media visual thing and yeah, visions is so perfect and it's so awesome that, that, Disney's on board with this and Lucasfilm is pushing and and we've got two seasons and it sounds like it's just going to keep going. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's the best.
2: It's like the perfect thing kind of for May the 4th, where it's like it's Star Wars in like its most pure form almost. And it's somehow, like I said, like pushing what is possible with Star Wars. Like what is a Star Wars story? And I love that so many of these stories aren't clearly defined like this takes place in the the new Republic, or this is an original trilogy story, or this is a prequel story. They're just star Wars stories that happen to exist and they have star Wars elements to them. In In a way it reminds me a lot of star Wars tales, the dark horse comic book series that we talk about all the time. We were huge fans of it when it was coming out and gosh, the late 90s now it's hard to believe that Star Wars Tales is so old (laughs) yeah I know (laughs) but for people that aren't familiar like what what was Star Wars Tales
1: yeah because Star Wars Tales and and if you've been listening to the show you've probably heard us talk about it a million times but yeah it was an anthology comic series and each issue was a collection of short stories by different creative teams with different art styles different time frames And it was everything from stuff that just seemed like it was, you know, another chapter in one of the films or something that you were familiar with or just completely bonkers. What was Jar Jar Binks was on a sailing ship in the 1800s or, you know, there's the one where Han Solo crashes on Earth and finds in Indiana Jones, finds his bones. And it's like, you know, just anything you could think of that's remotely Star Wars. and, And that just made it so much fun. Uh, every issue cuz you didn't know what you were going to get as far as tone or art style or just which characters and visions is has really kind of a yeah an animated version of that where some things kind of tie into familiar star wars and other things are just completely bonkers and in their own corner of the galaxy and yeah the fact that that kind of that idea of star wars being the loosest of rules for what is star wars and kind of embracing that with animation is is just so so cool
2: because I, I do feel like sometimes things get too strict in the rules and like I was like the the time the eras and is this canon, is this not canon? And it's great, yeah, to have these nine stories that just exist and you can just have fun and just kinda sit back and not think about how it connects to the bigger picture and just make you think about core Star Wars ideas. It's, and the great thing i think with vision's volume 2 that i i so i think i like vision's volume 2 a little bit more than vision's volume 1 just for this reason that it is so international and that they opened it up to more than just the an, the japanese anime style that opening up to all these different studios around the world gives it so many different flavors and so many different perspectives and It's interesting how that freedom, though, still kind of there's repeating themes in so many stories. And they're repeating themes that, again, are like, like we said in the past, like Star Wars basic food group ideas.
1: Yeah, because, you know, what makes it a Star Wars story really, as much as there's, you know, there's a little bit of a a visual language, but it's also, yeah, the stories of what? Of hope, of found family, of families, of mythology, of, You know, the little guy fighting the big guy, just regular people coming together to make things better for everyone. There's a lot of mystical stuff in these stories. There's a lot of force and
2: discovering the force. And a theme in so many stories is families kind of coming apart and then coming back together or staying apart or people leaving. That is Really, a repeating theme in so many visions, Volume Two stories, and that's really interesting. Then, when you think of the Star Wars films and how much of a theme that is of people leaving, especially people going off to another adventure, and you think of like you know the core moment in Phantom Menace with Anakin leaving, the moment that changed the galaxy forever.
1: Yeah, that and and New Hope with Luke kind of being forced to finally follow his dreams and get off of Tatooine it's you know same same sort of thing where yeah as much as Star Wars is about anything it's about moving moving from one state of being to to the next uh, and Ray, you know of course
2: Ray leaving Jakku finally of not waiting for her parents it's such a big Star Wars thing and it's all over visions volume 2 and it so many yeah you know, these different studios all kind of like well what does star wars mean to us what is the core ideas of star wars and a lot of people focusing in on that it's just kind of fascinating and i love it
1: yeah and one back to the international thing too like so much of there's there was the thing what after vengeance star wars is forever and also you know star wars is international people around the world love it and the fact that the star wars aesthetic is kind of a universal mythology and, they, and they've and they drawn from cultures around the world already. So when, you know, these different studios bring even more of their local culture into it, it doesn't feel out of place at all. If anything, it feels even more Star Wars because that's kind of what Star Wars is. It's like taking these these cultures from Earth and, and kind of twisting them up and making this kind of universal mythology out of it.
2: It reminds me of like the stories of how after the original film came out, Like every religion in the United States was trying to say that like, oh, you like the force? Well, study our religion because that's what they're talking about. Because the force is a a vague enough concept where it can be whatever you want it to be. Yes, Star Wars is a worldwide phenomenon. I think that's something sometimes that's lost on people. And I love that these vision shorts highlight
1: that in such a distinct way. Yeah, and going back to what you said earlier, as incredible as season one was, the fact that season two really made a point to make each story um, from a different country in the world just made that even more apparent and just even more special.
2: So before we get into talking about each one kind of in depth, Gabe, what were your personal favorites of Visions Volume 2?
1: Well, and to start out, I think we had talked about this, you know, earlier today. Of it's in a way, it's a shame that they released all of these on one day. It's nice because you just want to watch them all, but it's also bad because you don't get time to kind of absorb each one and just how much your what your favorite is like the first time watching them versus you know having a few days or a few weeks to kind of let them sink in. My initial favorites might not be my favorites going forward, but for me, I think. I was most excited with season two for them to have things that were not just traditional 2D animated. And I'm always kind of drawn to stop motion stuff. So the stop motion ones, I think, are stop motion style ones, at least initially kind of are my favorite just stylistically. Um, so into the stars, uh, Oz song or A- 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 AU song, man, listen, every watching it, I was like, I got to remember how to say her name. And now that I have to say it, yeah, I know. I know what you.
2: I think. I think everyone listening can relate, but everyone knows what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I am your mother, and so those three, just stylistically, being you know either traditional stop motion or a a computerized version, just visually, I was really drawn to those, and then kind of surprising ones, Spy Dancer. I did not expect to like that one so much. That one was just really, really cool and unexpected and and so very much French. And then the more traditional kind of anime one, uh, the Journey to Darkhead was just really cool as kind of the most traditional Star Wars in a way. So I think initially I'm not narrowing the list down that much, but those five are probably my, you know, my first time through those were my favorites.
2: Well, I have three. I have three that really stand out to me. And it's interesting because I think both you and I, like before we started recording, we were talking about I Am Your Mother. And that's just like a baseline. Like, of course, we love that one. And we'll be talking about that one more as we go through each one of them one by one. At my first watch, when I watched them all straight through, Bandits of Golok was my favorite. I really loved Bandits of Golok. And maybe it was because it was on first watch it felt like a star wars movie it felt very cinematic i don't know maybe that's the easy one that of course i loved that one but the one that since i watched them all back to back on thursday on may the 4th the one i keep thinking about the most is in the stars and when i rewatched the the making of the extras even hearing the score again got me got me like oh god i really loved this one and then i watched in the stars again before like we started recording before we sat down to do this episode and now i think in the stars is my favorite
1: i just i really love that one because what's cool with that one and we i guess we couldn't we won't get too far into it because we're going to go through all of these but is that one was a very nice mix of what you traditionally think of as star wars because it had you know like tie fighters and hoth troopers or or, or snow troopers but then everything else was just like a totally unique style just to that short and it was kind of uh, visually a cool mix and then just the story of you know two sisters and it was a really nice story as well
2: yeah somehow both simple and epic simultaneously it'll be interesting kind of like how with the village bride and the ninth jedi how those kind of bubbled up to the surface as still things people talk about. And, you know, at Anaheim that year, we saw a cosplay for all kinds of vision stuff. It, it'll be cool to see how visions volume Two, how, how much it affects the greater star Wars world, because there's, there's some gems, some serious gems in here. And yeah, like we said, bless Lucasfilm and Disney for making something like this happen. Because like you, like you were saying the, the, when the Disney sale first happened, I don't think this is something we ever thought could happen. And this is kind of what should happen.
1: Yeah. Cause this never in a million years would I have imagined that this would be something that they would even want to do or, or even in a way you know be allowed to do, but it makes the most sense. I mean, it's Disney. Disney is Disney exists because of animation and it's just, yeah. Wonderful that Lucasfilm is kind of pushing to keep animation alive and in all these different forms yeah this is so so cool
0: visions is something that's starting in japan but it's now throughout the rest of the world we're just sitting back waiting to see what those interpretations look like inside different cultures. Animation takes us into a world that we can't necessarily explore in live action. I find that I just have a huge smile on my face every time I'm looking at what they're doing and how they're interpreting Star Wars. We've allowed these artists to come into the Star Wars world without feeling any real limitations around what they're doing creatively, something that many of these artists share are the strong values of aspirations and hopeful goals inside of the storytelling.
2: Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through each one of the shorts one by one. We're going to time ourselves for five minutes for each one. With editing, that may if like you're playing along at home, it may not end up five minutes. But in real recording world, we're going to talk about them for five minutes. Yeah. We're going to do our best because otherwise
1: this episode will never end.
2: It will literally never end. I'll still be editing it when the episode comes out. It'll be a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll be done for Visions 3. So our first one from Spain, Sith from Elgiro Studios in Spain.
1: Gabe, okay, what, what were your thoughts on Sith? This is just how good this season is. That this one's incredible, and the fact that this wasn't on like my top five just shows the show just how amazing this season is. Because this one was really, really cool. This one I kept thinking about, kind of I guess the the genius of of Rebels with sabine being all about art and how at first i was like i don't know if i'm into this mandalorian artist thing but then by the end of rebels being like that was the most brilliant thing ever and and this kind of carry into that like why aren't why wouldn't there be artists in star wars and why can't there be artists in star wars and with this why can't there be a jedi who wants to use the force for art and their art is basically just a representation of their personal battle with with the light and the dark and just visually this one going for broke with it's it's computer animated it's 3d animated but it's also very 2d and it's just all about the visuals with a with a very simple story that just lets the visuals shine
2: yeah seriously i was like what am i looking at here all through it i'm like what am i even what is this like is this 2d is this 3d is it a mix of both like her grievous wheel bike and stuff and the shots of her riding that and the sith lord and stuff it looked like is this a puppet like what am i even seeing here it's so good and it wasn't in any of our top ones is pretty remarkable and i thought it was cool that this is the one to start out with this is the one to grabs people to grab people's attention obviously the representation of the fight between light and darkness of literally color versus just solid black void of color so cool to do that in art and the the colors kind of coming in as she's fighting the sith lord and stuff and how the animation changes when the lightsaber fight happens and stuff it's the sound design the droid and everything amazing just amazing i don't even i don't like i wrote my notes what am i even seeing here because that's what i was thinking when i was watching it
1: Well, and it's neat in the kind of making of behind the scenes thing, too. There's a lot of footage of them filming droplets of paint uh, in a water tank, and they don't ever tell you if they literally composited those in or if they use those as reference to, you know, to recreate that in in computer graphics. But just, you know, the fact that they, they were taking it to that level of like, let's just really examine what. Paint in a in a water tank looks like because that is just so much of the the visual style of that is literally just splashes of paint everywhere, floating floating in space and yeah it's just really cool and the fact that you know as much as it's very very stylized and very very artsy, when it decides to kick in the action the action is really really cool and really well done the whole you know grievous bike versus bounty hunter droid Sith Guy outside stuff and then you know the lightsaber battle which you know really digging into the whole coolness of lightsabers that it's literally like two big colorful sticks you know smashing together like how how can it not be just visually interesting and, and really kind of stylized? I mean the, the the actual lightsaber fights in the movies are kind of, you know, a lot of times, especially with George Lucas were like some of the more kind of abstract parts of the movie even though it's you know on one hand it's like it's people sword fighting but on the other hand it's literally like just colors moving around you know so this is star wars through and through
2: you think of the colors of
1: stuff like the empire strikes back and return of the jedi
2: again very much on our minds yeah sith is wonderful mm. but that was five minutes that was five minutes so we gotta move on
1: All right, so the next one is Cartoon Saloon, Screechers Reach. uh, Cartoon Saloon is out of uh, Ireland. And we forgot to mention that uh, Alguero Studios is from Spain, so now we're we're moving to Ireland. And this is another one that it's kind of amazing that it's not on either of our top lists because this almost in the kind of opposite stylistically in a way from Sith, but similar in some ways. This one was beautiful. This one I love the fact that it it kind of starts out about these kids and you kind of think it's going to be fun and then it's all about the ghost and it's creepy and then the end is like the creepiest kind of creepy where you don't know if it's creepy or not and that having Angelica Houston's voice just added to the to the creepiness. Yeah, this one was really cool. <laughs> Here here's my deal where I thought
2: I thought the the Angelica Houston person that comes down at the end, I thought that was a Jedi because she comes down like all in white and with this, you know, kind of calming Angelica Houston voice. And I was like, oh, cool. It's a Jedi. And like they're even saying all throughout this episode, like, don't look back. Don't look back. And again, it made me think of Shmi and Anakin. But then it wasn't until the credits. Where it says Angelica Houston's Sith mother, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then, what in the making of the extras? Again, we're plugging the extras because you gotta watch them. They talk about this short Screecher's Reach and how much the cave from Empire was like a an inspiration on them with the whole concept of this short, but like from a Sith perspective where the cave and empire was kind of Yoda testing Luke. This is kind of Dahl, The main, the main character in this, this is a Sith test for Dahl in a cave. And I was just like, man, that is crazy. I,
1: I was glad that they, they confirmed that in the, in the making of, and and I missed the, the part in the credits where they said, because the whole time watching it, that was kind of the feeling I was getting. I was like, I kind of feel like as much as initially you think maybe this is, you know, she's going away to be a Jedi. I was like, she did kill a Sith master, has the Sith master's lightsaber, the little thing talking to her, the fact that it's a it's a red light flashing and just how, yeah, for me, how cr- subtly creepy uh, Angelica Houston character was where, you know, it's kind of like very alien in a way of I don't know if you're good. I don't know if you're bad. I was happy to see that my my feelings were were on point a little bit and that that it was kind of supposed to be that you know, it was ambiguous, but, you know, behind the scenes, yeah, you know, she's going away with the Sith and she doesn't know any better. So, you know, it's still a better life for her in a way. But, yeah, it feels hopeful, but it's actually kind of creepy, which is, a you know, it's Phantom Menace, right? It's like it's a party at the end, but it's not because they're playing the bands playing Palpatine's music.
2: It remind me of the way from Celebration, the way Leslie Hedlund was talking about the Acolyte. That kind of seeing that period of time hundred years before the Phantom Menace, kind of from the Sith perspective, and a bit of understanding, maybe we're going to get an acolyte of the Sith than we've ever had before. Yeah, I thought this uh, this segment, Screecher's Reach, was fascinating, and yeah, we haven't even talked about how cool the animation is from Cartoon Saloon. It's in it's a thing. It's it's such a charming kind of sweet animation and you know cute and simplistic. I say simplistic, but it's not simplistic at all. It's it looks simplistic, but it's extremely complicated. But to balance that with this kind of yeah creepy dark tone and the Sith witch, the way again the animation completely changes
1: with the witch in
2: the cave.
1: Yeah, and that they said so they actually they painted all of her animation frames with with an ink and a, and a brush to get that look and that i think what did they say like it was like 600 frames that someone had to paint uh with ink and a brush to get that style
2: not simple at all
1: <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> but screechers reach
2: yeah, another one talking about how good visions volume two is the fact that it wasn't in any of our top lists but it is outstanding mm.
1: but that was five minutes and we got to move on all right, so the third one, In the Stars by Punk Robot from Chile, and yeah, this was on both of our lists. This one was just beautiful. When we saw it at uh, on the live stream, um, this was one, oh, I guess in the trailer too, I was like, oh, is this stop motion? And it's not. It's actually computer animation made to look like stop motion, but they actually built models and scanned those for the for the surfaces for the texture so this is very much you know a, a, a hybrid and very Star Wars hey let's take something real let's put it in the computer let's make it look like one thing but we're doing it another way so yeah visually this one I just thought was really really neat and everything kind of looks like little miniatures you know even more so with with just it being the scale of everything kind of when they get to the Imperial Factory like everything's so big but it's still kind of shot like it's tiny, and then just, like we said, just a really cool story about, you know, two sisters, the last of these people and, and how things can't stay the same, you know, things have to change and and the little sister pushing the big sister to, to you know, do what they can to reclaim their planet.
2: I love the whole thing, the whole message. Yeah. In the end with the mother had the force and the mother led this, this revolution on this planet and yeah, the fact that it wasn't stop motion, that it was three D animation, blue three mo- D. Yeah, like they said, they kept the imperfections to make it look like stop motion. And seeing the the ATSTs in this hybrid three D animation stop motion thing. But, anyways, yeah, the mother was a Jedi. She had force abilities, and that the mother is gone. Her memory is almost a representation of the force of this mystical energy field, this thing that like no one can understand, but people can use. And then that the sister is the force and kind of passing on the mother's legacy. It's just so cool. And just, it's, it's like a little mini movie. It's so epic. Like I I said in the beginning, it's, it's epic, but it's small. It's just a handful of characters. And it's just so kind of star Wars in a way. It's just, basic ingredients
1: well and the planet being all about the stars too like the you know when people die in their culture you know they they go to the stars and become stars and the fact that everything on the planet it's not the sun you know that makes it grow it's the stars and and when when the stars show you know their art stays and the plants grow and the mushrooms you know come back to life because of the stars because it's star wars it's all about the stars it's not i mean the sun is a star but you know In this context it's it's all about the stars and it's the star of the show in a way for us at least as of today yeah and the mom's star is like
2: the brightest biggest one and it's that's kind of you know she is the the guiding light the the force and i think that's why this one the more i thought about the themes of it and again hearing the music from it again it was like kind of like oh yeah it's like we said, it's the the disadvantage of watching them all in a row because you watch one and then you're just like, okay, on to the next one. But it's the ones that kind of stick with you more, like the ones that after you get done watching it, the ones where you're like, Oh yeah, that was really good. I don't know. I, we were saying maybe when Visions Volume Three comes out, like we'll do the episode a month after it comes out, because we'll just watch like one a week or something.
1: Yeah, anyone who is patient at home and is you know at least watching one a day or or taking as much time between them is probably doing it right and just because yeah, these are so great, they really kind of deserve a couple of days to just kind of simmer and let you kind of soak it in. What a
2: beautiful kind of message about the force and family and really cool empire people. It's really, really neat. I love the main empire person that comes out.
1: And a and a you know a snow trooper with a like a fur collar was just really neat. <laughs> yeah and a tie fighter with a spotlight on it like that was really cool too but that's five minutes we've got to move on all right the next one i am your mother by Ardman out of the uk wedge 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 wedge, wedge.
2: <laughs> lots to talk about here lots to talk about in five minutes yeah we we had heard well, yeah at celebration with the panel that Yeah, Wedge was going to be in this and Dennis Lawson was playing Wedge and you're like, that's cool. How? What what does that mean? But I was not expecting it to start out right away with a cheesy, like, video hologram thing of Wedge and Wedge just hamming it up. And seriously, after Return of the Jedi last weekend, and then this, the Wedge love is out of control. I am in heaven with all this Wedge. And I love cheesy Wedge where Wedge kind of being like, yeah, and me, Wedge, you know? (laughs) I guess yes. You'd never <laughs> guess that I was here, Wedge. Oh, my
0: God. <clears throat> this is your final call for the end-of-year family race of the Hannah City Light Academy. It's our annual celebration of our pilot trainees and their families. Believe it or not, it's hosted by me, <laughs> Wedge and Tilly, young Kenneth.
2: She has a photo of Wedge by her bed. I wish I did. I Yeah, her name is Annie, her mom, the whole thing of like, listen, we have teenage kids like we are saying. This, we're constant. Listen, imagine having us as your dad. Like <laughs> we are constantly embarrassing our kids, either like with our T-shirts we wear or just in general, just who we are. Just imagine this episode. It's just so sweet, so charming. And there's so many little goofy things in the background. Give Yeah, we were saying, give Aardman a Star Wars movie.
1: Yeah, because they, I mean, they're Aardman. They, they're good at what they do. You know, that's no surprise. But yeah, just, again, seeing them play with Star Wars, just how beautiful all the puppet designs were and all the crazy stuff in the background and the humor, you know, that kind of British humor is more Star Wars than you think. I mean, Star Wars, you know, is like 50% British if you go back to the original movies. So, you know, it all kind of fits in. And again, yeah, watch the behind the scenes stuff. This one was really, really amazing to see just the scale of some of the stuff they built, how big the sets were, you know, the, even the, the the race. You know, those were actually you know models that they built and filmed, and you know, there's probably a little little dig, digital magic in there to clean things up. But uh, just how handcrafted that one is is just really, really cool to see.
2: There, there's a part where we are freaking out with the, the they're walking through the kind of fair in the beginning with the things that Luke touched. There's a little display. It's almost blink if you miss it. And there's like a little drawing of Luke off in the corner And there's great Easter eggs of all the things Luke touched It's been going around on the internet But if you look really close There's the Skywalker lightsaber on a little stand And you can see Maz Kanata's hand Reach up and grab the Luke
1: lightsaber It's so great And, you know, thinking about it now too It's like I can't believe there hasn't been like a t-shirt. That's just like things Luke touched t-shirt. Like that's, you know, those are the kind of Star Wars shirts you usually find once in a while. It's like the, the one that used to be, it's like everyone's hand that got cut off, you know, was on a t-shirt and like, now I want a shirt. That's just things that Luke touched.
2: There's great, like Aardman style Gamorreans and there's a clawed alien. And you, you know, they were just going through of like, what aliens do we like? And what cool this, this segment is just, absolutely charming it's so sweet it's so cute it's so cool yeah and the fact that i again like all stop motion it's like guillermo del toro's pinocchio movie where i'm just like how in the world did someone make every single thing we see on screen but then again it's almost like the stop motion in the animation history that's also kind of star wars
1: because even in, yeah even into the to the prequels and the sequels with you know it's the, the CG era there's still a million rubber masks and things that people are are making with their hand and and models that are being scanned into the computer and you know that's yeah Star Wars is as much handcrafted art as anything and bless Ardman for just embracing wedge
2: in this in this episode I just oh uh, <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> and bringing back uh you know. Star Wars Racing, it's, it was, this is the closest thing we've gotten to a pod race in a long time. I guess this was a good year, actually, though, no, because we got the uh, we got the racing in, in Bad Batch, and now we got some uh, some racing in here. So It almost reminded me of Speed Racer in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does, man. Mm. But
2: that was five minutes. We've got to move on.
1: Oh, my goodness. All right. So now we are, was it Studio Muir? Mirror? Mirror? From Korea, Journey to the Dark Head. Uh, this one is kind of, yeah, the most traditional what you would expect. I mean, this is the most like season one of Visions, only this is kind of K- Korean style anime. But this one was I really liked this one just because it was kind of what I would have expected out of Star Wars animation, but still done really well. And and, and it was if anything, I think this one felt even Cooler because it contrasted so much to the ones before it, where the ones before it were much more kind of stylized and different than what we are used to with Star Wars. It was kind of neat to get this one that was a little more traditional in a way.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. This one I liked, but this is probably my least favorite of all of them. I think just for me, and I I feel like this is one, like we were saying, that would benefit from me watching like a week from now, because I think... After like the one-two punch of In the Stars and I Am Your Mother, I was kind of riding a high of like, wow, this is fascinating and this is so interesting and so different. And then for me, Journey to Darkhead was more kind of like Visions Volume 1, where I was like, okay, we're kind of back to more of like the traditional kind of anime style, even though it is from Korea. I wasn't as invested in this one. And it was like, okay, we're back to lightsabers and stuff. (laughs) And I don't think that's fair of me to kind of dismiss it as quickly as I did. But I still really enjoyed it, but it wasn't as much of a highlight for me, I guess, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. No, I get it because that's, I mean, one of the reasons I did like it is the reason that you didn't like it as much as it was kind of – again kind of more standard what you would expect but it was really well done the action was really cool i was really into the sith guy The kind of the idea of someone with a mask that in a way it's almost like i was imagining like he's so into the force like he doesn't want to use his eyes so he has like a, a a helmet where he can't see like he only sees with the force or something like it was just a cool take on kind of you know there's so many Sith masks, you know, that are based on Darth Vader with, you know, oh, he, he can't breathe or, or something like that. Like, just visually it was cool. And, yeah, I think it was just kind of neat to see, you know, 2D lightsaber action. And the and the whole kind of the people that use the Force to kind of predict the future by looking at the, the raindrops on stones, like, that was kind of cool. It was pretty deep.
2: Yeah, I did think that was all really neat. Like, the prophecies that come from the raindrops on the stones. And I was like, oh, this is all really really cool and i and i love again like the core visions thing though with this that it's it's just force users and the the battle between light and dark and the the mysticism and not as clearly like what is who is like where is this and all the stuff you know it's it's really cool yeah
1: and we did get a little uh, you know an animated jedi temple with the some jedi masters which was kind of a you know, kind of neat to see and then story-wise, I mean, it was kind of it was cool and kind of fit into a lot of the other ones, too, where, you know, the whole big kind of twist is, is you know, there's there was the one statue that's the the light side and the one statue that's the dark side. But then in the end, when, you know, when they're up there and, and and the battle's going on, it's like the statues kind of switch and it's like they really aren't different. Like both statues could be light or dark and then kind of going into that whole thing that, you know, with everybody has the light and dark in them and, and, and it's not as cut and dry as, you know just good and evil that it it fluctuates and and kind of bringing that idea into this was cool.
2: And this is another one too, where watching the the extras on Disney plus again, plugging it again, gave me a a deeper
1: appreciation for this one. (laughs) Cause the, the, the main director lady was like, I I saw *Phantom Menace* in middle school, and I fell in love.
2: It all, yeah, the love from *Star Wars*, and the the whole idea behind this, yeah, comes from *The Phantom Menace*, and seeing it in middle school and freaking out. So, Mm. but that hey, that was five minutes. We've got to move on. So
1: we are on to Studio La Cachet. Cachet, I can't say it. We're both terrible at pronouncing i can't even say pronounce pronouncing things so we we can't talk we're perfect for podcasting what's something that's only about talking let's do that the spy dancer so from france yeah this one was on my list this one i was not expecting to like this much but i don't know i just thought it was really cool the animation was great the idea of it really just being about like dancing, but making that really, really cool. It also made me think about the Moulin Rouge movie and how much that still in my mind happened between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And it actually is Obi-Wan on the cabaret planet falling in love. So it kind of had that going for it. I don't know. I like this one.
2: Yeah. And again, this is the 1000th one thousandth 1, time talking about the extras, the studio talking about how their inspiration for the story is the French resistance from World War II, how in cabarets like this very thing would happen in France. And it's such a cool take on kind of the, the empire and like a rebellion kind of thing of this empire occupied town. Yeah. Where this dancer exists and, Her son is there, which I, and that was a thing too. I didn't pick up on the first time that it was her son. It wasn't until I watched the making of. Yeah. That he was the baby. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. The animation of her dancing too. And this is all like what pretty much probably all hand drawn. They say it's all 2d animation. Yeah. Just amazing. And no force abilities, no lightsabers in this one. Just really, really neat and really unexpected. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure where this one was going to go at first. I was kind of like, mm, what is What is this one? But as it got going and as it started to tell its story, it was just like, oh, oh, wow.
1: Yeah, and we get, you know, a, a beautiful animated K2 droid. And I kept, you know, that was fun with that, too, of just thinking about how much, you know, over the years a new star Wars thing comes out and there's something in it that people just love. And then it just becomes part of star Wars forever. And in the K2 droids are like that, like ever since rogue one, it's like K2 droids are everywhere. And it just feels like they've always been there when really, they've only been here for a little while, but it just was one of those things that just slots right in. And it's like, it, it's always been part of star Wars.
2: Just so great. And animated ad ads too, just looked so cool. And I I, I like the, the kind of stripped down style of this. And it, I just, I, I don't this. Yeah. This one surprised me how much I liked it.
1: Yeah. Cause I'm, you know, thinking back to the panel at, at celebration, it was like, they kind of showed the scene of, uh, of like the dudes in the sewer, like working on stuff. And I think in my mind, I was like, Oh, it's going to be all about, you know, the dancing is just a setup and it's going to be all about these guys in the sewers doing something. And then when it turned out to be, no, it's literally all about the dancing and just how well they made that work. It was, yeah, it was unexpected.
2: And a special little treat just for us. The sun, the voice of the sun in this is Lambert Wilson, who we all know and love as the Merovingian from Matrix Reloaded Revolutions. <laughs> Chateau Aubrion, 1959. Magnificent wine. I love French wine. Like I love the French language. I have sampled every language. French is my favorite. Fantastic
1: language. Mm. But hey, that was five minutes. So let's move on. All right, the next one, The Bandits of Golak from 88 Pictures out of India. This one, man, and I'm I'm saying this in the most bestest way. It was like Indian Clone Wars, and that was just so cool. Like this one, I mean, maybe that's why you kind of enjoyed it so much that it felt very familiar in a way. I mean, it felt like Star Wars animation, but the fact that it was very blatantly and obviously Indian inspired just made it, it was just really cool. And they went crazy with the creatures. It was like, hey, is there a Star Wars creature? We're going to make it. Someone's going to model it. There are so many creatures in this one. And the other thing with one I kept laughing is my description of this one is like, she's a Jedi in the streets, but a Sith for the sweets.
2: (laughs) Because it's all about the sweets. (laughs) It's all about the lollipops. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of like I was saying in the beginning, this is almost... At first watch, the most traditional Star Wars in a way, it it feels very Star Warsy, and the cultural influence throughout this the the India influence it just fits perfectly. It was I I really loved it. I loved you know if you're listening to Blast Points, you know we love space trains, <laughs> and I love all the action on the train. I love the the kind of rebel dudes showing up just on horses. The action was so great, and i re- again, I like the ending too with the there's the the old Jedi lady in the town, and kind of like the the girl has passed the test and kind of takes her into like this kind of underground cavern. It kind of reminds me of the Kenobi show and the brother and sister say goodbye. It's almost like this episode, and screechers reach kind of paralleling each other of like. Going off with a Jedi in this one versus a Sith in Screech's reach, and kind of like we said, that kind of very Star Wars thing of being separated and saying goodbye and going off to a new adventure to something greater than you, greater than the life you.
1: well, and it's the it's the Star Wars thing for both of them of the of the person taking the leap to go somewhere new in their life, and then also the other person who cares about that person letting go and letting them go because it's, it's, what's best for them. And, and not, you know, it's the, it's the Star Wars attachment thing. Like that's the attachment thing is like, you know, holding people back from their life because you don't want to lose them. And that's kind of with this one, with the brother and with screechers reach with the friends, like, you know, if, if you get the chance to go, don't look back, take the chance.
2: And I love the flute kind of bubbling back up at the end and the final, may the force be with you at the end. It's just, yeah. Just so cool.
1: Well, and, like, the thing you were saying, you know, earlier as well is, like, as kind of unashamedly, is that a word? I don't know, of of how Indian it was and how intense and obvious the, the Indian influences were, but just how much that just feels like Star Wars. Because, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's, like, mixing all these cultures together has just always been what Star Wars is. And, and yeah, nearly nothing about this felt anything other than Star Wars. And if you're, you know, familiar... With the Indian references, that's great. And if you're not, it just feels like Star Wars, which is so cool,
2: right? And that's kind of the beauty of Visions too, where you don't know. Like on your first go, it's not like when the title comes up, they tell you this one is from India, like we're kind of doing, or like what the the making ofs do. They they just exist. They just are. They're just from around the world. There's these di- there are different perspectives on Star Wars. Yeah, like, again, it's kind of the neat, neat things about this whole experiment that is Visions. Mm. But, hey, that was five minutes. We got to move on.
1: All right. The next one is The Pit uh, from Lucasfilm and D. Art It's probably the best I'm going to say it. And this was a, a USA-Japan collaboration. And, yeah, it, this one was very much very different than the other ones, which is very cool. That again, you know, going from one to the next, like they all have a different tone, they all have a different feel, they all have a different style, but they all have that, you know, that Star Wars heart.
2: I've liked this one. I've liked this one a lot. I really enjoyed this one. I it kind of reminded me of guess what's prize prize Lando in disguise of thx 138 of You know, in THX, they're kind of, you find out they're like underground and they're kind of working away, doing nothing. And this oppressive society kind of keeping them down. What are they doing down there? Nobody knows. And kind of climbing up literally out of that society. And THX does it in that movie and it happens here in the pit. And I feel like this one is. Heavy on the metaphor story, which I thought was really cool. I like it because it's Star Wars, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Star Wars is 99% heavy on the metaphor, too. Yeah, I like everyone chanting, follow the light and all that stuff. And I thought it was really cool and going around kyber crystals and the crystals turning color and stuff.
1: Well, and this one is kind of, you know, going into the whole thing of, you know, the empires there, but other than that, there's, you know, they're, they're mining Kyber, but there's no Jedi, there's no force. It's just regular people and kind of, you know, the Star Wars thing of a rebellion is just regular people fighting back to make things better for the regular people who are fighting back and, and kind of get that core part of Star Wars that, you know, if you get away from the from Luke and his family and all the family drama and the Jedi drama. Like it's, it's just about people standing up to do the right thing and that there's, there is a power in that. That's, you know, as big as having the force, just, you know, not being blind to to things that are bad and not being afraid to to tell people, Hey, there's a problem. We need your help. Let's, let's fix this. And, you know, that's kind of what this one was about, which was cool.
2: Yeah, and even you just saying that, it's like people can kind of figure out what this episode is saying, what the message yeah. of this episode is saying. Great, wonderful. Again, that's kind of what something like this should be doing. And those are, again, core Star Wars ideas, like the theme of rebellion of against a literal empire and taking on something, taking on an enemy that seems like undefeatable and defeating them it and the digging for kyber too reminded me kind of of uh, jedda and the whole thing on Jeddah where you have this planet this city that used to be like this spiritual kind of hub for the jedi and now there's a star destroyer hovering over the city and yeah they're taking kyber out of there and everything and how kind of cool all that was and yeah you know I think this one's great. I, I, I really enjoy this one.
1: So did you notice there was one thing with this one that uh, I was surprised is in the making of, they show the mural that the spray paint guy spray painted on the rock in the pit. And I for whatever reason, they cut it out of the episode. Because I went back and rewatched the end of the episode because I was like, wait, did I miss that? And I don't think I did. So yeah, there's a like an extra little bit that... They Decided not to put in the uh in the short, but it's in the making of where there's actually, yeah, there was a mural kind of like commemorating everything that happened in the in the character, I can't remember his name, who who died to save everybody. Um, you know, there was like a mural painted on the rock inside the pit,
2: and in the making of on Disney Plus, there's a bit with Filoni playing pinball while wearing a Book of Boba Fett hoodie. Yeah. So, yes. looking like he just woke up wearing a Book of Boba Fett hoodie.
1: Yeah, if we wonder if they're if they were working hard during Book of Boba fret time, look at Filoni's hair. It looks like that's why he's usually wearing the hat, because he's so tired. And the only
2: footage they have of Dave Filoni is him playing pinball at Lucasfilm. Did you kill some time? The silver ball. I'm the pinball wizard.
1: Maybe that's why maybe that's why Grogu likes that little ball so much, because he's about (laughs) all about the pinball. Tommy. Grogu's original name was Tommy. Use the force to play pinball.
2: Oh, you know Dave Filoni is listening to the Who and Tommy. Nonstop. It's my favorite. It's my favorite record. It's the, the Scooters.
1: Stop <laughs> making sense. That was five minutes. That was over five minutes. All right. So last one. Triggerfish. a song. A u song. song. From South Africa. I think now going back through all of these, if I had to pick one that was my favorite, this is my favorite one. I think visually, it's beautiful. I like the story. I like that it's about someone who uses the force with singing. This one blew my mind visually because I was convinced it was stop motion the whole time. Other than I was like, how did they do the stop motion and not get like the fingerprints in the felt when they're animating it? I just kept thinking about that and then watching the making of and seeing that, no, this was completely computer graphics and they had just these raggedy looking felt puppets they made for reference and just, I don't know, this one was beautiful. I, I can't get enough of just like every any frame of this I could just sit and stare at for, for 20 minutes and, and I love this one.
2: Yeah, like you, I was convinced that this was stop motion and I was like, this is the craziest stop motion I've ever seen because it literally looks like little dolls moving around and yeah watching the making of and i was just like what in the world is this studio what is triggerfish doing what kind of sorcery is this and again this this one dealing with that separation theme again and kind of the discovery of an ability That maybe you know is greater than you and kind of going off on a new path and like like we've said all throughout these kind of that versus also like the shmi aspect of it of someone have letting go and you know don't look back i love that this is the last part the last segment in visions volume two you think of sith kind of opening it with this kind of visual like oh my god like what is this what am i looking at this is so visually crazy and ending it with this one like i wish we could talk to the uh, the visions team i would ask them the running order of how is how is that figured out how are those choices made where you can watch any visions part on its own you can watch them out of order if you want but i feel like they are in a very specific order for watching them straight through and i like it ending with this one of this is almost kind of the quietest one, the calmest one.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe that's the the point is this one kind of just leaves you on a high note and kind of chill. It just kind of, it's like a cool down after, uh, you know, I, I hear people that exercise sometimes when they're done exercising, they have to do like a cool down. <laughs> and this, this is how I would imagine that where I'm just like relaxing. Cause I, just been working out so hard with these other the other eight, so
2: or it's like something we can relate to if like you're you're cooking something like chicken like if you grilled chicken or something you gotta let it rest yeah. for five minutes before you cut it, into yeah. it let it rest, let it get the juices
1: and this is like letting it get the juices let visions volume two get the juices yeah this one i don't it's like i don't even know what more to say about it because it's it's like you just gotta watch it I mean the puppet people. The, whatever they whatever they are the, there was the the like horse cow thing that she was uh, combing the jedi lady with the cool hat the her spaceship um the last shot of her like looking out of the window just oh yeah yeah this was, it was gorgeous
2: uh, it's you know it was two episodes in a row dealing with kyber crystals and stuff and it's just you know, i'd never get enough of hearing about kyber crystals and dealing with the mysticism the unknown and it's just so yeah it's just exists on its own as this wild neat little thing
1: one last thing to bring up that was cool with this one is this one had text at the beginning it wasn't a crawl it was kind of like the solo paragraph style thing but it was it was fun to see that again because it seems like it's been so long since we got like a text intro into a into a star wars thing well and it
2: it helped kind of set this one apart from all the others too. Yeah. And especially kind of coming after the pit it's, it was, it was a nice kind of way of easing into this final acoustic song on the album of visions volume (laughs) two. Yeah. Yeah. But Hey, that was five minutes and those were all the shorts of visions volume two overall outstanding.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. That, after visions one everyone hoped and hoped we'd get a visions two and then we got a visions two and this just far exceeded any expectations i had for what a season two could be
2: and there's rumors that visions volume three is already underway i'm sure it would have to be to give studios enough time to to get going
1: yeah because that was you know going back if when you're watching the making of stuff look at look at the dates on the sketches like some of the dates i want to say were 2021 2020 and some of this stuff so yeah if there's vision season three it's it's already happening
2: and the progression from volume one to volume two i don't know where a volume three could go or what like how do you take this further the only thing i say is straight puppets puppets like marionette puppets
1: rod puppets marionette puppets hand puppets all the puppets Bring us the puppets. Because, yeah, right? We're getting all the all the bits of Star Wars that aren't live action. We're getting stop motion. We're getting CG. We're getting tr- traditional 2D animation. And, yeah, Star Wars is all about puppets. So I think you're on to something here. Sock puppets.
2: I will write a stock puppet Star Wars story. Lucasfilm, you, you know how to find us. Give us the notice. We will have Blast Points Presents sock puppet star wars story we'll have it ready for you in one week that's
1: that's my promise do, do the thing where you draw a face on someone's chin upside down and and that's <laughs> and that's the creature like let's do that stuff i can make a wookie that way put some googly eyes on my chin i'm ready to go
2: <laughs> or
1: ruin everything visions volume three
2: people will be like that was amazing
1: some wonderful heartfelt soul-searching stories of
2: culture and of loss and, and then then these guys brought back. It'd be like Thumb Wars all over again. Yeah. Like, Visions 3 is trash. <laughs> yeah. Do you think the Thumb Wars guy is watching Visions being like, what about me?
1: You know, don't say that out loud because I won't be surprised. Maybe Vision 3 will have a Thumb Wars episode in it. So, you know, <laughs> and it'll be your fault. <laughs> I welcome. I welcome the return of Thumb Wars. I, I, I kind of do, too. It's, it's been long enough. <laughs> bring it back (laughs) the the wounds have healed I forgive I, I take back everything I ever said sorry what was that last part thumb wars thumb wars thumb wars it's just like that other movie but with more thumbs what's your middle name scooby dooby ooby doob scooby dooby ba it's good thumbs versus bad thumbs in space hang on we're going to war you can watch it in your own house with your own thumbs The Darth Vader Collector's Case From Kenner's Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection You can display it
2: Or open it up into an action figure storage unit It holds up to 31 action figures Like Boss, Glando Calrissian, and IG-88 Action figures each sold separately There's even a handy
0: chamber for accessories And it's got a hidden handle So you can take it with you Darth Vader Collector's Case From Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection Action figures each sold separately New from Kenner
2: Guess what? Apple Podcast Reviews. When you get done listening to this, you've never heard us say this before in a Blast Points episode. This is totally new information. Go over there. Leave us an Apple Podcast Review. Say something nice about Blast Points so more people can find the show when they're looking for Star Wars podcasts. If you listen on Spotify, leave a five-star review over there. brings warm feelings to our hearts if you do
1: either of those. And make sure you check out the website, BlastPointsPodcast.com. And you are following us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you are a member of the Super Chill Group, where people are talking all about Visions Season 2. Yeah. Got some new people over the
2: last week kind of joining the Facebook group over there. So welcome all the new folks on there. And if you want to support the show in a different way, the Blast Points Army on Patreon. We're pretty soon. We're in May now. We're going to start doing our Mandalorian Season 3 commentaries Those will be starting this month at some point So that'll be super fun Huge thank you to all the members of the Blast Points Army Already on there, appreciate you all so much And there's tons more stuff on there Bad Batch review episodes, Book of Boba stuff All kinds of crazy stuff on there Commentaries, if you're getting Indiana Jones fever I think we got a commentary for just about every Indiana Jones movie on there,
1: right? I think we did, I think we did them all I have to go check I me. Mean, there might be one we missed if there's one we missed, then maybe uh that' will be on there, but I think we got through all of them, but
2: that about wraps up number three hundred and fifty seven here visions volume two so good it's like a May the fourth present for all of us,
1: yeah, after you know all those years of may the fourth they don't give us anything, and now it's like, oh, they give us so
2: much. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing Visions Volume 2 is so much it's just a
1: wonderful wonderful thing and yeah and we're back on Tuesdays now we will we'll be back on Tuesdays for a while and next week we will be back we're back on our nonsense maybe a little bit next week so uh get get ready some some blast pointy blast pointiness <laughs> A lot
2: of work has been going on for the next three weeks. So get, get ready for those. So we're looking forward to it. Hopefully, you are too. And yeah, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you then. Bye bye. May the force be with you.
1: Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. <laughs>
0: Be sure to check out the official Wedge-themed products at my merchandise store!